Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah. Fortunately, a couple days ago, Manny informed us that he is retiring from football. Uh, he's got a business opportunity that he felt was uh, too good to pass up, and the opportunity was right now. And so he uh, is exiting football and, and starting a, a business career. We wish him the best. Hate to see him go. You know, we we're excited about what he was uh, going to bring to the table this season, but uh, that's all now a, a moot point, and we, uh, like I said, we wish him well. Kyle Whittingham explaining why Manny Bowen is no longer on the team. Said it came out of nowhere, PK. It's a complete surprise. Everything seemed on track with all the summer workouts. And then, poof, gone. Uh, you get an offer you can't refuse. You can't refuse it. Straight out of the Godfather. Well done. Straight out of Compton. Goal and objective, Whittingham says, to have Britton Covey back in time for the BYU game. He's on a pitch count. We've heard that expression before. Well, they don't throw as a curveball. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Limited reps for Britton Covey. We've talked about this. He wants to play Lavelle Edwards Stadium down the street from where he played his high school ball. But the primary objective, PK, would be what? Well, I'd say the nine conference games myself. So it would be the first one would be against SC. Get straight to the Pac-12 games. Can he be ready for USC? I think when you're his size, this is going to be a college-long battle in his next two years. To stay healthy? Yeah. One thing or another? They know he's good. He's going to have a target. Yeah, a so-called pitch count on the first day. That's not good. No. Last time we heard that, it was Jordan Wynn. And he didn't win. He did not. What do you think of all the talk with the linebackers behind uh, Manny Bowen? Intrigued by what they're going to do, where they look for guys. There's a lot of a lot of talk about Trenton Carlson, JC transfer. He's going to step in there. Well, I think they're going to go with Lloyd first for sure. Yeah. Lloyd has the body. He has a little bit of experience. He's excited about it. Talked to him yesterday, and he was saying that he was giddy to know that he has the opportunity to start. So um, they, those two stay healthy. Bernard, who's had some injuries for himself. They find a way to stay healthy, they'll be just fine. But you know, we want more guys, and right now they don't have them. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Neil Paul, we love him to death. He's on the team. He's on the roster. He's not participating in fall camp because he's not going to play this fall. He's going to redshirt and be a junior next year for us. But he's in school and he's on the team, but he's not going to play this year, so we're not going to bring him into fall camp. But he's here and he's part of the team and being around the guys. That's Kalani Sataki talking about Neil Paul after his DUI arrest in June. So you won't be seeing him this season. The other big topic in Provo, Zach Wilson. Declaring his surgically repaired throwing shoulder is solid. And he thinks he's going to be able to play if the Utah game is happening this week. Great. So no story there. He's ready to go. Worry about something else, BYU fans. Not expecting it to be much of a story, and I think it's great that they're going to allow Pau another opportunity. Obviously, he's got total line here going forward. 
That's a significant penalty. Sit out the whole season. Gets to stay in school. Whatever mercy could be shown, show it. Bo Hodge. Hanging him up. Going to stay at BYU. Finishes his, uh, finish his degree in business. We saw him in spots. Never really locked down a job. Needed to stay healthy. Had some issues there. So it's all over for him. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I focused on a lot of things. I really did. I think there was a lot of, you know, every year has its different challenges. And, you know, I wanted to get a little bigger this year and put on a few more pounds and try to absorb the hits a little bit more. Um, And I I worked pretty hard at that. So it was good. You know, I still realized when I got here, you know, I wanted to be a little more fluid and, uh, you know, get back to the fluidity that, you know, I'm used to, too. That's Patriots quarterback Tom Brady bulking up in the offseason. That seems to be a theme. We were talking to Tyler Hundley about that, too. Quarterbacks getting bigger so they can take hits, stay healthy. I thought he was big enough, but he thinks he needs to gain more weight. Fine. Washington Redskins signed veteran offensive tackle Donald Penn. Trent Williams, who looked like the starting left tackle, is holding out. So, in comes Penn. Utah State. Trent's one of my good friends. I reached out to Trent before I signed, and we had a good conversation. We talked. We're on the same page, Penn says. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. What a just unique experience. I mean, I've never been... I mean, we had some deadline acquisitions in Pittsburgh, but not quite like some of the guys experienced here with now Granke, and, and we've never acquired two Hall of Famers in the span of three years. So he strengthens us. He allows us to spread the load, uh, both from a bullpen perspective and a rotation perspective, with high-quality elite innings. And, um, I mean, the guy's just a monster. Garrett Cole talking about Zach Granke. Blockbuster deadline deal. Vegas reacting immediately, making Houston the new favorite instead of the Yankees in the American League and making them co-favorites with the Dodgers to win the World Series. Yeah, a lot of top-end pitching now. Which is what it's supposed to be all about, right? You need it. Pitching and defense. Dodgers, speaking of the Dodgers, Will Smith three-run blast ninth inning. Dodgers get win number 71. They take down the Rockies 5-1, which was the same score the Giants beat the Phillies. The Giants, a terrible start, but a strong rally here. They win again. Pablo Sandoval, Buster Posey, Kevin Pillar all homering in the victory. What do you know about the Dodgers' top prospect who uh, is going to have called him up? He'd been in AAA, killing it for Oklahoma City, and he's going to make his debut Friday. Oh, I know? Yeah, you know much about him? Dustin May. Jack. Okay. Bringing him up while other people are making deadline deals. What will he be able to give them down the stretch? Bees lose to Oklahoma City 5-3 series finale tonight, 7 o'clock Smith's Ballpark. Get your tickets at slbs.com or listen to the game here on the Zone Sports Network. All the headlines are brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Hans Olsen is going to join us to talk some football at 8 o'clock with the camps opening. Aggies open camp today. 
Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, stops by for his weekly visit at 9 o'clock. And we've got a BYU football edition of Sports Jeopardy on the way this morning. Jake, our defending champ, rolling through everybody for weeks now. The face challenger, Brian, that's coming up at 8.30. We'll find out what you really know about BYU football. Stay with us. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK is brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical will light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. PK, you got a new column up. It's at 1280thezone.com. You can go read it there. With college football camps opening, Utah and BYU yesterday, Aggies get going today, you write about the challenges, the problems facing every team, and wonder aloud, are expectations too high or too low? for your locals and your favorite teams. For the Utes, the challenges, well, primarily offensive line. Kyle Winningham staying consistent with what he said in the spring. They got the three returning offensive linemen, but he says ultimately we need seven or eight guys we can count on. Yeah. And they're not there yet. That's a, that's a pretty big uh, issue right there because you got a senior quarterback and a senior running back that you're really counting on, a quarterback you're counting on. And if the offensive line is bad, they're obviously going to be limited. That could wreck everything. You've got to have the protection, and you got to have the run blocking and the protection, obviously. Yeah, certainly. And that's going to be a – I think that's the most significant issue for this ball club right now. A linebacker has become an issue. Uh, place kicking – we, we know about that. Uh, they got a bunch of guys in there. I have no idea how any of them are going to pan out. They don't even know. I mean, they didn't know last time. They picked the wrong guy. They knew. I talked to Kyle about that yesterday. They picked Matt Gay second. Uh, sort of like a co-first, but it, it looks like he was picked second because they ran another guy out there, and he missed the kick, and then Gay took over, and then it was uh, – you know, the Lou Gehrig situation there for the next two years, and he was obviously sensational to the point of getting drafted. So that's an issue, and uh, we're not going to see it. I'm going to have no idea until the games start. And really, I don't think they have any idea. They, they, may, they, they may think they have an idea. They try to but, put them in pressure situations. The team has to run if you miss this kick. It's a common thing they do in, in practice. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's not the same. No. As you point out, you can chart all those kicks, and so you send one kid out there, and he misses his first one. So you send the other kid out there, and he makes the second one. So you give him the third one, he makes it. And he puts a string of makes together. Next thing you know, he's locked down the job for two years. Yeah. So those are your three things. And then obviously health is always an issue, but you don't, uh, you don't plan for or not for. I mean, you plan for injury, but you don't know when they're going to come, if they come, who they come to, how long they're going to come. Are they, yeah, are they spread around the roster? Do they yeah. crush one position group? But everybody has that. I mean, I don't know that there's any team that doesn't have that. Certainly the teams that we follow, they all have that. Jordan Love goes down. The Aggies are in a world of hurt. I mean, that's a, a no-brainer. 
So uh, that that is that is universal in our land as far as injuries. Everybody has that situation uh, or has the potential to have that situation. But those are the big the big ones for these guys. Yeah, for sure. So the question is, with those little uh, those little caveats, those little asterisks, uh, you fans like the expectations, think they're a little too much, think they're spot on? It doesn't really matter what you think because they're there and they have been placed upon them. And each program has its own level of expectation. Now the Utes of the programs in the state obviously have the highest. Uh, and I think that's a fun position to be in. You know, because I think you'd rather be the hunted because that means you've at least accomplished some level of success in order to be the hunted. And there's no guarantees on anything that these things pan out. I mean, there's been many times that expectations have flopped, expectations have been met, expectations have exceeded. The problem with Utah is it's going to be very difficult to exceed reputations or expectations I should say I mean you, you're supposed to go to the Rose Bowl so the only thing beyond that is to go to the playoff yeah so it's gonna it's going to be extremely difficult to exceed expectations but you can meet them and then you can also also certainly fall below them but the, the, the interesting thing though on, on the positive is you can fall below them and still have an excellent season that's when you know you're in a good spot. If you don't meet expectations, but you're still rolling out a nine and three, or maybe potentially even a ten and two, uh, probably not. But ten and two yeah. lose the conference title game, be ten and three. Yeah, so that would not <laughs> go to the Rose Bowl because Oregon's going to the playoff. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, so that would be a little bit of below expectation. I guess maybe that's the ideal situation to be in if you can't meet or exceed is to so-called underachieve and still roll out a season with 9, 10, 11 wins counting a bowl. That's, that's pretty impressive. And you walk out, you walk off the Rose Bowl field January 1st a little miffed because <laughs> you left something out there. But you won the ball game there, so you go down there, you win that, and you, you walk out of there, yeah, man, we lost that three-pointer to Washington or Oregon or whatever it might be back last month. Gosh, man. We could have maybe had a playoff, and that would be great. Now that that's an excellent position to be in. If it if it were to come to that, for me as a fan of a particular team, I think I would take that. If that's my if that's my disappointment, I am living large. In a good spot, feeling yeah. it. You really want to be picked uh, third or fourth for seven wins because that's the other way to go. Sure, and then you come out of nowhere and you win it all, so you prefer that. Uh, uh, no. Who's the guy who sets the expectations? You. <laughs> There's only one guy here who sets expectations. And you. We, we've got that on tape. He's editing it as we speak. No, I think I'd rather have the. I am the beast, and I fulfilled my destiny, calling, whatever you want to say there. I think that's, to me, that's more of a level of satisfaction. Not, not At the high school level, I think it's a little bit of a joke when you got all these kids coming from out of boundaries and whatnot. 
And that's great that you did that, but I mean, you, you basically have your own form of super teams, and high school's been doing that long before Kevin Durant ever did his thing. But the college level, there's nothing wrong with that. If you can assemble a super team, good on you. you know? Alabama? Yeah, so you're supposed to. So I think it's, to me, I think it's more cool to expect to be the guy and then at the end actually ended up being it. Because then there's no doubt. We're better than you. We're a, we're the best program in the South. We're the best program in the conference. Never like to override things. That's part of the job. No override things. That's my job. Kyle never likes to overhype things. Is that what he said? Never like to override things. That's part of the job. Yeah. yeah. Josh Furlong at KSL. Get out of the way, Josh. He's in there. That's my job. I am the overhyper. I'm the big overhyper. Yeah, but in this case, you got 33 friends. More than I've ever had. <laughs> well, I guess if you were one of them, you'd have 32. Bad Not math. one of them. Bad math by me. No, they don't. They're, the only radio people they're going to ask is the hometown guy, the, the announcer dudes. They're not, they're not going to you. Not so. I'm a peon. I'm back where I belong. Amongst the people. Yeah. I mean, I was big. I was a big BA in the Mountain West. Now in Pac-12, I'm a nobody. Less because of the Pac-12, and more because you're not a beat writer. That's where the power lies. I'm, I'm a nobody, man. Doesn't matter what the reasons are. I'm a nobody. Nobody asked me anything. So I'm not one of the 35. I'm lucky to get a seat inside the stadium. We've seen you get stuck behind those girders before. Oh, yeah. When BYU played uh, Utah in the Vegas Bowl, I couldn't see half the field. Literally. Hash marks in. I couldn't see them where I was sitting. And <laughs> these 23-year-old... Auxiliary uh, press area. ...fans who get their <laughs> their credentialed media. Uh, and they making their... What do they make? Ten bucks? I don't know what they make to, to do those things. To write about how the recruits love the uh, the campus and their teammates and their coaches and the facilities, uh, but that's my role. That's where I belong. I've got no problem with it. So I did not vote. I would have voted the same, but I did not have a vote. I voted on BYU where they'd finish. Yeah, yeah. In the independent media poll. Because I am a registered independent. So you're first among... Unlike you. First among Western independents? Want to know where Sniggy's political affiliations lie? It is public record. You can go see it. Anybody can look it up. Don't blame me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm only giving out public info. I'm not telling people where you live or anything about your family. This is just literally public information. Anybody can find anybody as far as that stuff goes. Knock yourself out. So don't blame me. I'm not giving away any personal information. You're the overhyper. I'm not giving away any personal information. And you are the blaming. That is not available to everyone. Never like to overhype things. That's part of the (laughs) I like how they both agreed. Did he say, he said PK? Josh over the top? Both of them. They sort of said it at the same time. I think Josh may have had uh, uh, half a second head start on it. But you could see both of them where they were going. Because I think it was probably the three of us. 
and Josh knows that PK likes to ride me, or uh, Kyle likes to ride me. Never <laughs> like to override things. That's part of that PK's job. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to uh, you need to refer to yourself in the in the third person more often. No. That could be fun. No. It is Thursday. The old Ian Furness third per- no, third no, no, person no, no. Thursday. Never somebody who's old. accomplished stuff. I haven't accomplished anything. <laughs> I'm not worthy to do that. But Kyle likes to take his his pokes at me because he says I take them at him. Yeah, that's probably fair. Utah Pig Bus just tweeted at us, I have no questions. Just bowel quivering and bladder bursting excitement, both bubbling and building up more and more as the dog days of summer slowly crawl by. And I ate raw chicken and drank a gallon of apple juice last night. That's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, I think there are questions, though. I think you'd be... Uh, on the O-line is question one, two, and three. Could bring the whole thing down. Usually, that gets worked out. They've been able to run the ball so many years. I'd be hard-pressed to say it could bring the whole thing down. It could put a dent into the extremely high expectations, but I wouldn't say it would it bring the whole thing down. That means like 7-5, and five. and I just don't see that. There's too much talent to have that type of come down. They usually get the O-line figured out. This isn't the first time Kyle has, has questions about the O-line at the start of a camp. Yeah, to me, the offensive line, if we're sticking to Utah, and it's not going to be most of the schedule. It's going to be the high-level games. How do you perform there? Because they got worked by Washington last year. So you're saying because you played them twice and they got seven points in one game and three in the other? Yeah, and they just got dominated. So, you know, I don't really care what you do. I mean, I take that back. I do care what you do against Arizona, ASU, so forth and so on. Um, but I think you can have a sub-performance in those and still be just fine because you've got a defense that is supposed to be outstanding, if not the best you've ever had. So uh, they can cover some of your zits with some makeup there very easily. And what do you do? And the great thing about it, though, is there might only be one or two of those games that you go into it with some level of doubt. That that would be really cool for the program. Is that Oh, you think the confidence is to that level? There's only one or two games you go into with a level of doubt? Yes, I think it could be. Yes. Why? Yes. Because I would say right now. Three. Three for sure, arguably four. I don't know where you come up with the fourth. Uh, some people might look at Cal or ASU. And by the time we get to that point in the season, we'll see if there's anything really to that. We'll know more about those teams. I then. can see those games being but difficult, Washington, but Washington, they're both at home. You're expected to win. USC, Washington, Washington State. I wonder and, what percentage... We're, we're not even talking non-conference. I, mean, I was focused on conference. Well, what just percentage, conference, yeah. Yeah, what percentage of Ute fans would say they're nervous before the BYU game? A lot will puff out their chest and say, nine is coming, because we've been hearing that for months. Well, if there was any other team out there that you would play that you've won eight in a row, you would say you own them. But because it is a rival, we're a little bit hesitant to say it definitively that they're going to go into that stadium and absolutely win. Because it was a game at the end of the season last year and you were down 20 twice. So I understand that. And, and it is a form of a It's no question it's a rivalry game, which leads to some types of crazy emotions that you may not have. And then this is the first time that it's the first game. And so that leads to some unknown. So, But in order to win 
and get to the Rose Bowl, you can lose 100 to nothing on that game and still accomplish everything that you want. So uh, take that game as it comes and, and see what happens. I'm focused particularly on the conference games. That's a huge game for the state's concern and all that stuff. It's a fun game, but it doesn't have a bearing on the conference rates. And the only reason why we're doing SC is on rep. We're not doing them on any form of production. Because at the same time, if we took any 5-7 and seven team, we're not saying, oh my gosh, man, Colorado. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yet they have the same record. And they return a couple of skill players who are as good or better than anybody SC has. But it's SC on rep. That's hey, what we're doing. Ought to be able to do it. Yeah, you're going to beat him sometime. I mean, nobody just owns everybody forever. You're going to beat him sometime. And it's, you know, I don't want to just simply say, why not this year? I think there's more to it. It's just, I've never bought, well, well why not? No, that's not good enough. i got to have more concrete reasons as to why, not simply, well, why not? Why not us? No, 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 no. That's, that implies almost to the point of a fluke. No, if you're going to go down there and win that game, it's going to be because you bust your butt and you play clean, mistake-free football to a large extent. No one's going to play completely mistake-free. But you're going to have to outplay them and beat them. That's how you're going to get It's not going to be, well, why not? It's not going to be, well, just because it's time. It doesn't work that way. Because if it was time, then BYU would win this thing against Utah. Because it ought to be time for them. It's been 10 years. How much more time do you need? It's not going to be time. If BYU wins this game, they're going to have to outplay them. They didn't outplay them for the full 60 minutes last November. That's why they lost it. They gave them a heck of a run, but they didn't do it for the whole time. You can check out more of this on PK's column. It's up at 1280thezone.com. You also write about BYU. And the first thing you put in there as a question mark, I think a lot of Cougar fans are thinking, but Zach Wilson just shooting it all down to practice. Cougars need a healthy Zach Wilson at quarterback. Yeah. He invested half a season in it. Right, exactly, yes. And we can build up Jaron Hall all we want, but he didn't really play with the bullets flying, as they say. Not one of my favorite expressions, but... uh, he, he, he has virtually no experience, and you're exactly right. They've invested this time into Zach. Now you want to see it's, the progression of that. It's kind of how they have to do it at BYU because the schedule's backwards because they're an independent. Most teams, September, maybe there's a big game in there, and they ramp things up, but nobody has four big games in there, and so that's a terrible place to have to break in a new quarterback. And they broke in Zach in the back half of the schedule when it was a little more manageable, and there were still some bumps along the way. There definitely were. (laughs) Northern Illinois, that was a bump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question. So now, catch in on it when the schedule is just three Pac-12s and an SEC road game right out of the gate. Boom. Thanks for playing. Yeah, that's why I thought A-Rod and Grimes handled the situation very well with Zach Wilson as a freshman. They let him compete as hard as possibly could be in August. Didn't throw him into the deep end of the pool in September. Then Mangum get in there as a senior who wasn't not overwhelmed. He produced... Two very nice victories against P5ers on the road, no less. So Tanner... Arizona and Wisconsin. At a level, even though you know his career wasn't the elite 11 and all that spiel, he still 
he was a significant factor in helping that team get to a bowl last season and helping the team rally off the horrendous season the year before. You know, he was the quarterback for those two, which were big wins. Anytime BYU beats a P5, I don't care who that P5, unless it's Kansas or somebody like that. You know, and, and Arizona didn't know it sucked at the time they beat him. They weren't beaten. They weren't Utah. Uh, they were beaten. BYU's BY. Excuse me. Let me start over. BYU's win over Arizona was much more impressive under the circumstances than Utah's win over Arizona. Because you get late in the year, you're a beaten and broken team. Yeah. The confidence is shattered. The expectations right. are low. And you're just playing the out the string. Right. As opposed to the open one, like, all right, guys, here we go. Heisman Trophy contender, big hotshot new coach, Noel Mazzoni, offensive coordinator who's been around forever and has just had all sorts of success. So, yeah, you and I was at that stadium, and you can feel, when you go into a stadium, a lot of times you can, you can sort of, well, you can feel a vibe of what's going to happen. You know, you can feel the vibe. In Arizona, I felt the vibe that they were going to win. They thought they were going to win. Now, conversely, I go into Colorado Stadium at the end of the season, and the vibe was, we suck, let's get out of here and get this thing done. (laughs) And you knew Utah was just going to storm over those guys. And I've been to places plenty of times throughout this country where they know, the fan base knows. And Utah had it for years when they were in the Mountain West playing whomever fill-in-the-blank Mountain West team going into the stadium. Eh, this is going to be a fun day. It's already been a fun day. We've been tailgating, and now we're going to go watch a beatdown and and have a fun Saturday. Come here, New Mexico. Yeah. You're giving up five touchdowns. And then you can also feel, uh, you can't literally feel it, but you can feel the vibe of a level of anxiety, too. And I think you can also feel a level, wow, that was a surprise. I think ASU fans had it last year against the Utes. Walking out of that stadium, walking down on the field at the end. Wow, you didn't really see that coming. So there's all sorts of vibes that you get when you go in the stadium. I'm sure fans have felt it too because they're the ones who are producing the vibes. So your last paragraph with BYU, i got to say, surprised me a little bit. What? Without much fanfare, BYU has accumulated enough quality on defense to field one of its better units in recent seasons. Quality players return at all three levels to produce a solid foundation that should allow this team to compete during the difficult early season schedule. And you disagree with that? Which I don't have a problem if you disagree with it, but do do you? I would say I agree with about 70 or 80% of it, but I was waiting for a comma, but this needs to be worried about. And I wasn't sure what it was going to be as I read it, and then I got to the end of it, and I was like, wow, he didn't put a butt in there. Well, I think that it's relative to what I tried to list the most concerned worries. Yeah, 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 I get it. Right, and then tail down. Yeah. I get that. I mean, that's why you started the U thing with the O-line. I mean, place kicking is a worry, but the O-line is the number one worry. Yeah. You get to place kicking later. So right now, when I view... Go ahead. If you score touchdowns, place kicking isn't that big a deal. Just lots on the people, PATs. Lots of people can <laughs> kick the PATs, but if you need a lot of 45-yard field goals, you better have Matt Gay, because most guys don't convert at that rate. Correct. And I so I thought with BYU, I agree, uh, accumulated enough quality on defense. You know, they've got some experienced guys coming back. They've invested in some younger guys. They've got some playing time. 
They should have one of their better units. I'm buying all of that. I was waiting for the, you know, and is, where's it going to be? Corners, safeties, uh, well, you know, big time pass rusher who makes D line play and really the play for the whole front seven easier for everybody else because he takes. He takes two blockers. Well, who's going to be? Well, I think Tong is that dude. And I always say front seven. I just say front six now, but get with the times. Yeah, I think they've got some space eaters up front. And, you know, Tong is getting the most run. I believe he's getting the most run of all the folks up front. But I, I think that for the defensive perspective, you know, who's going to be the next? And I'm going to put this tag on him, and maybe nobody's going to be the next, but who's going to be the next Van Noy, yep. Warner, and Taki Taki? Those guys are all NFL players basically in succession. And so they're going to need players like that. I did kind of expect as I was reading it over to, to think, okay, playmaker is one place to go because it doesn't seem totally defined. But I think they've got guys. See, that's right. why. I th- and I didn't know if you go linebacker or D line. This is where I think the Ed Lamb factor that you like to talk about is coming into play because Ed, and you bring this, you brought it up a hundred times, Ed Lamb finding guys at SUU and putting them in the pros. Well, where were they coming from? They were overlooked. I mean, no, they were coming out what, of nowhere. What side of the ball? Oh, defensive. Yeah. So. They're finding guys that fit those measurables, mm-hmm. and then they're working them in. And some to, guy has a beast of a work yeah. ethic, and turns out he's yeah. really got a high football IQ, and so in the film room picks up a ton of stuff, and next thing you know, you got a really disruptive player. Maybe I'm off on this, and he's not getting a lot of run, because then when they go on missions, you tend to forget about them, unless they're a quarterback or something. Uh, but I'm expecting his Chaz Ayu to be a big-time player for them. Because? It's people I've spoken to. Hmm. Okay. Uh, as recently as last week down in California. Somebody who spent time with him. I'm down there for Pac-12 Media Day, and I end up talking to some other people, and his name is mentioned. You know, so he's not getting a lot of run right now. Uh, Zane Anderson was an impact player and he got hurt. I'm expecting him to come back and not be just as good, but be better. You know, be better than what he was. So he's got that potential, and I don't have the depth chart in front of me, and I don't want to just read off a bunch of names and act like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I just think that they have solid players, and I've had the opportunity several times in the course of the last couple seasons to speak to Tuiaki whether it's at a golf tournament or down in St. George when they had the practice there a couple years ago or off to the side and practice here. And they've, I think, maybe I'm off on this, but I think I can say collectively this is the best group of defensive backs they've had in a while. They have some, they have some experience, and not necessarily a ton. Some of them have more than others, obviously. But... Uh, and they've moved them around, and they've got bodies. Like this green kid transfers, right? Really hardly anybody batted an eyelash that he transferred. <clears throat> if you go back years ago, like, oh my gosh, this kid's leaving a program? <laughs> what are we, we going to do? We, we really need him. Yeah, I had a guy mention to me, it's in about 20 years, it's the best collection of talent. Yeah, right, exactly. So this is what I'm getting from, from a... A guy like Tuiaki, who's not going to just 
give me smoke. Yeah, they're, they're, when these guys tell me stuff when we're just casually talking, they'll they'll tell me warts. They won't just tell me. They won't just blow smoke, as you say. You know, they'll, they'll let you know. Croton used to do that with me all the time. He would say, "Watch out for this guy." Take a look. I remember. I remember Croton one time. It's just he and I talking. He said, "You got to remember the name Dennis Pitta." That was a long. It was years before, before he broke. Yeah. yeah, and he turned out to be a stud. And so these guys, you know, Gary wasn't the best coach in terms of results and all, but you know, they see these guys and they tell you. Brian Mitchell used to tell me stuff, and they'd say, "Watch out for this guy." So watch out for that guy. Blah 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 type of thing. And so I hear these things, and so I'm thinking as I can as I look at the Cougars. Which unit do I expect to be ahead of the other unit when the season starts? Well, that's the defense, because I think there's fewer questions defense. It doesn't mean they're question-free by any stretch. I was just listing areas of concern going from priority to less priority. And right now, I think if the Cougars are going to find a way to win a couple of ball games in September, which I think is the real legitimate goal, is to get out of that month 2-2, two and two, I think they're going to need some, like they did against Arizona and like they did against Wisconsin. Those weren't overwhelming offensive performances, right? But the defenses, particularly against the Cats, was pretty solid and they made enough plays to win. That's the way I look at it when I look at BYU. If they can get out of the first month 2-2, two and two, then they got a shot at eight wins. It's not a lock by any means. There's some question marks there. Teams we don't really follow that we know are up and down, but they're really pretty good sometimes. And then you know you got Boise State and Utah State and San Diego State out of the mountain. West. And what does Boise State have? They got their shot. No. Yeah, this is no. this year they have a shot. No. No, 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 no. What do they have? I mean, obviously Boise State has their crack. Yeah. That was years ago. <laughs> now they have a shot. <laughs> How do you disagree with that, Yaga? Let's play that again and think about let's it. Not, let's not. I mean, obviously, time. Boise State has their crack. Now, I mean, there's, there's nothing, and I'm a, I'm a guy who loves to argue. I'm the great contrarian, right? Everybody movies for guys who love guys. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, there's nothing who wrong with movies? that. But it's necessarily that was my thing. Poorly. I, I mean, if that's your thing, I've got no problem with it. But Way it isn't necessarily my thing, you know? Way to be supportive. I like a good Tom Cruise type of movie, Daniel Craig, where they're running around punching people. and Daniel Craig running up that ladder at the start of the movie? Awesome. Straight into the sky? Yeah, I mean, you you got your kind of movie, obviously, and <laughs> this is my kind of movie. This is just a different taste. That's all it is. You make me a natural woman? <laughs> Whenever, you, you however yuck. you identify. They come in threes, Yuck. Talk about the jazz. I'm sick of you. <laughs> Well played. All right, DJ and PK, we've got some stuff on the Aggies to get to as well. Uh, PK writes about that in his column. You can check out the column at 1280thezone.com. And who knows, we might get really energetic in the break and tweet out a link to it. I mean, that'd be, that'd be a level of achievement I'm not sure we're comfortable with. But you know, it could happen. Check your Twitter feed. I don't feed. promote myself. Let other people do that for you. Let my work stand on its own. You want to look at it, look at it. Can't find it. It's buried. They want it in their Twitter feed. Okay, well. They want it where they want it. You got to meet the people where they are. Coming up next, the rivalry game. The countdown continues. Stay with us. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. From the Mercury News, John Wilner. I think all of us were fairly confident that Utah would be picked to win the South Division. I was a little surprised that they were picked to win the entire thing. You know, I was one of those who picked them to win the whole thing. If you think Utah's a heavy favorite in the South, then it's just one game for that Pac-12 championship against the North winner. And I've picked them to beat Oregon. I just think it'll be a good matchup for them. You know, they can take away Oregon's strengths on the offensive line and with Justin Herbert. But that's really what it came down to to me is, okay, Utah's clear pick in the South. Can they win that one game? And the, the experience from last year, I think, will, will help them considerably if they get to Levi Stadium. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Four weeks out. We can all do the math now. 28 days to go to the rivalry game. Even you can do the math, PK. 28. 28 so days. Seven times four, seven, yep. seven. Uh huh. Well, you know the reason why I can do it? Football touchdowns. Yeah. I know. And PATs. <laughs> seven, 14, 21, 28. Right. Because those are numbers that you're familiar with. But you start getting into, like, when they start getting a couple of field goals and a touchdown and then they go for two and don't make it, I am out to lunch. <laughs> Forget what? that. No, yeah. Start getting a 13 and 15, seven, you know, 18, maybe 17. If you stick with the two touchdowns and the field goal and the PATs. Yeah, yeah but when you throw a number like 9, 31. You throw a number like 19 or 29 up there. That's not a real football number. No, that's a crazy I number. I can't uh, do any math on that. I have to get out the phone and the calculator. All right, Yach, four weeks away from the start of the local college football season. The college season actually starts a little earlier than that, but I don't want to do that math on the air. Yeah. All right. Do you guys know what the lowest scoring game in series history is? I'd say 3 nothing would be the only one I know. Close. 2 nothing. 0-0. Can't be 1-0. There it is. 1928. It was a 0-0 tie. The first one ended up being four ties in this series history and officially the lowest scoring game in series history. 0-0. Man, I wonder who Kyle's coordinator was on offense then. <laughs> <laughs> the what, first of many. I wonder what he was doing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, no. I know what he was doing. He was protecting the defense. <laughs> Just don't screw this up. And he up, did a darn okay. fine job of it, apparently. <laughs> he got fired, but he... <laughs> <laughs> the defense is protected. Now you're out of here. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Have a good day. Uh, <laughs> I got called a smart ad on Twitter yesterday. Smart ad. Yeah, because I said, uh, you know, when the Bowen thing went down, I said, so who's going to move on offense? And yeah. I just tweeted that. To, and the guy tweeted, you're such a smart ad. Smart ad. Yeah, I think he. If you look on the keyboard, the D is right Fat next to thumbs. the S. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, you can't laugh at it. What the heck? All right, 23 days to uh, Florida and Miami, but 28 days. Also, 23 days to Hawaii, Arizona, Khalil Tate. Ah, there it is. Where is that game? In the islands or Tucson? In the islands. That's good. They get a little bit break on the weather. And uh, sure, yeah, that's that's a gigantic game for the Cats because they 
Need wins. They sucked epic levels relative to expectation last year. It was one of the finest years I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down and watch Arizona lose a football game. And then to tweet out when they went ahead in the fourth quarter by 19, they put out a tweet with the score. Yeah. And then they just roll over and trip all over themselves. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm watching this. (laughs) I mean, these are two teams going nowhere, but for me in my little world, it was a spectacular day. Always enjoy a good nightmare. Yeah, especially when it was in Tucson. <laughs> Even better. Wouldn't have been near as fun if it was in Tempe to see their fans celebrating while in there. And then to read and later. And they needed that for bull eligible, right? I be, think so. Yeah, they were five and six. And then to read afterward that a bunch of fans had left the stadium to start the partying in the adjoining bars around the area in the community. And only to find when they get there, oh, wait a second, man. This is a lot <laughs> closer. Up. And then watch them just lose the game. The kid misses the field goal at the end. And I'm up there dancing in my uh, in my house. <laughs> that was so sweet. <laughs> and someone was supposed to be all that. And Herm is a bag of trash. I'm like, what? Why are people coming up with these conclusions that make zero sense to me? And I'm not saying, I don't think Herm is going to achieve the levels that they dream of, but I also don't think they're going to roll out a 3-9 and nine slew of seasons either because they've never done that. And someone has never really had fine, outstanding, incredible, wow, that was a great, awesome season himself. The king of 8-5. and five. Yeah, which down there isn't bad. Tune into the Tour of Utah podcast on 1280thezone.com. The podcast includes tips for how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to see the Tour of Utah in action. Coming up next, we're talking football with Hans Olsen, co-host Hans and Scotty G. We'll do that. we got Sports Jeopardy at 8.30. Stay with us.